continue, okay? This meeting is being recorded. It freaking better be. This is a podcast. <laughs> How are you? I feel like we haven't talked in forever. Good evening, and this is 2021. <laughs> Almost halfway through. Oh my god. Okay, I guess we are halfway through, aren't we? Yeah. Holy smokes. As uh, Bon Jovi once said, we're halfway there. <laughs> and living on a prayer. If that isn't true, <laughs> I don't know what is. Yeah. Well said, Bon Jovi. You called it. Thanks. Thanks, John. Huh. <laughs> I call him John. We're on a first name basis. That's right. Hi. Hey, girl. How's life? Life is good. Lots of adulting, which is what we're talking about. As Madonna once said, life is a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to forcibly stop myself from singing just in that moment. (laughs) Do you know every time I like bitch to my mom about anything having to do with life, she'll sing the first lyric of like a prayer to me. Like, oh, really? Every single time. Every single time. Like, it could be something really, really serious. (laughs) She'll just be like, life is a mystery. (laughs) And you can't do anything. (laughs) And then you just, you can't help but just start laughing. It's true. On the spot. I've said it so many times. Life would be way better as a musical. It's a musical in my head. There are dance yeah. routines. There's original content, but also great hits of the 80s, the 70s, yes. the 90s, all of it. And beyond. So and beyond. I once asked Andy if we could have one day a week where we just did like musical in the house where like we just sang everything everything was a musical and he laughed he's like haha that's funny and I was like no I'm serious I need this can we do this and he was like goodbye (laughs) (laughs) thank you for playing I'm no longer interested in this relationship (laughs) goodbye (laughs) so now I just sing alone do, 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 do. I'm just and he wears his... that Mario Brothers. Where... Yeah. Yeah. That was when you die. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. No. Now he just puts his headphones on and pretends he can't hear me. It works. All the time. It's like They're the like modern a... day version of <sighs> I'm in a bad spot. <laughs> I can't hear you. <sighs> Cell phone <sighs> service <sighs> going out. <laughs> it's true i think you just snorted i did because it's true it's true well we all need to have our out you we need like a safe word yeah that's true what's your safe word peanuts i don't know (laughs) peanuts yeah man no words are safe for me anymore oh man so we're doing some adulting 101 here. I feel like we've all been adulting pretty pretty mm-hmm. hard. We've also been kidding pretty hard, but we've also been adulting pretty hard, especially yeah. as stuff is reopening. Yeah. And uh, so I have a couple of points for us to discuss, but we also reached out to our listeners and asked them for some of their questions, things they wish they had, would have known. And they also, um, we also got some advice and I thought some of that advice was pretty darn good. So we'll, yeah. we'll share some of that too. But I wanted to ask you, Amy, what does it mean to be an adult? 
It means crap. <laughs> That's what it means. It means, guess what? You are now life's janitor. Clean it all up. <laughs> and then guess what? You get to clean it all up again tomorrow. And guess what? There will be another tomorrow after that one where you will continue to clean. The dishes um, are never really done. Yeah. So adulting means a lot of different things at a lot of different times in your life. And I'm going to be super honest. And I've said this many, many times. I have a really hard time seeing myself as an adult. I do a lot of really adult things, you know, like I pay a mortgage. I have financial responsibilities. I have familial responsibilities. I make really big decisions that have a long-term impact, right? Those are all super adult things, but I also have Oreo cookies for lunch. <laughs> and I mean, I still feel like at, on some level, I'm still 12. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how I get away with everything that I've gotten away with when I'm like, I'm basically a 12 year old and almost 40 year old's body. This is, this is insane. It is funny how that happens, how you sort of get older, but then you feel the same as you did when you're a kid. And then yeah. especially when you have these random memories or you smell something that smells mm -hmm. familiar to mm -hmm. something you smelled as a kid. And you're like, I'm still a kid, oh, but I'm yeah. in this adult body. <laughs> what is happening? You know what? And I think if there was one piece of information I wish I had as a kid, and maybe it's good I didn't have this as a kid, because when you're a kid, you look at adults and you think, okay, these are people who are supposed to have all of their stuff together, right? But it's all a lie. Nobody knows what anybody's doing. Like I look back now at how, you know, my parents were when they were like our age and, you know, even younger, and they seem so adult. Right. And then I look, I like, I look back through old pictures and I can see clearly like through the lens of now my adult life, how they had no idea what they were doing. And they were also feeling the way that I feel now. But they just weren't honest about it. No. And, and maybe they were honest about it amongst each other you know, right. amongst their peer group, like my aunts and uncles and their friends, like maybe it was just something that they all like got, but we weren't, we weren't allowed to know that, right? Because separation of church and state or whatever. Adulthood always felt so serious. It just always seemed like this very like serious thing. You could no longer have fun when you were you know, when you're watching it as a child, when you're watching your parents as a kid, I don't know, other kids maybe had different experiences, but I just saw a lot of like hard work and misery, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And adulting in some ways does include the hard work and misery too. Yeah. That's certainly a piece of it, but it's not the whole thing. So I guess if there was an adulting report card, what do you think some of the subjects would be on the report card? Okay. So this is a big one for me. Cleanliness. How clean are you? That's one of those things that was a report card feature when I was a young person, you know, when I was a kid. And that's clearly something, if you're living alone, right? 
maybe it doesn't matter as much, but when you have roommates or other partners or that can really affect, affect your life, affect uh, how you live. I agree with that. Like, are you, are you gross? You know, like <laughs> how gross are you? <laughs> yeah. How often do you wash your sheets and do you leave dishes yeah. in the sink and things like that? Yeah. I think another category is dental hygiene. Mm. Listen, how many of us out there are really flossing? How many of us only start flossing when we've gotten in trouble about not flossing? <laughs> Sultana's doing the dance. She's fl- she's flossing now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was beautiful. Well I'm done. really flossing. <laughs> yeah, no. Taking taking care of our health, right? That is a big adulting thing. And we've talked about that at length in, in other episodes. But yeah, no, that's a big one. I think another category, of course, is, you know, you think of the responsibility factor, you think about finances. How do you manage your money? Are you still, youthfulness is synonymous with impulsivity. Are you being impulsive with your money or are you future oriented? Wellness. Um, Yeah. Health and wellness. Yeah, all of that. So yeah relationships. Oh yeah. That's a big one. Relationships. And you know how you relate and care for your family. Like a lot of us are older now and we have older parents who may be in a situation where now they're dependent upon us for some extra support, Mm -hmm. you know, like, especially our generation of parents, if they were living paycheck to paycheck, they didn't have the ability to put anything away for their retirement because they were trying to like get us through, (laughs) you know, like if we didn't have scholarships for school and they paid our way through school or whatever it might be, maybe there was a lot of medical burden, you know, growing up, but some of us are now in a position where we're taking care of our, our parents. So that's another really big adulting thing, taxes, right? Mm -hmm. Civic duty, this the sense of how are you contributing to the the betterment of society those are other adulting also like how do you load your dishwasher super <laughs> controversial it is controversial look i'm just going to say and i and he's he's wonderful and he tolerates it but yeah i do rearrange how he puts the dishes in the dishwasher after he walks away I bet a lot of couples do that. My mom did it. And I used to be like, mom, you're freaking crazy. He's pops trying to help. Why are you doing this? And she's like, he's doing it wrong. And now I'm like, oh my God, my mom was right. (laughs) (laughs) She was right about everything. No, seriously. Like I I will see her sometimes now. I'll be like, mom, I'm so sorry. I was, I was such a bee. I'm so sorry. You were right about everything. I understand. I see the light. It cannot be unseen. (laughs) Uh, Well, we were asking our listeners about what they felt like they were woefully unprepared for Mm. in adulthood. And I know we have our own thoughts on this, so we can kind of jump into it. And some of this gets right to the report card and what, you know, some of the things are that we feel like we have to be doing and managing. Like when you think about this big pie and all the slices of pie that make up life and adulthood. Poop Poop pie. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> with a giant F stamped, stamped on the center. Digestion. Digestion. <laughs> so I'm just going to read some of these. And there's a theme in the first couple here. So here's one listener. I wish we had been required to take classes that prepared us more for investing, budgeting, credit cards, all the adult type things that we do not learn in school. Some people say it's our parents' responsibility, but I think a life management class would be helpful. I went into debt with credit cards as an adult, and I wish I had hindsight about that. And then I had, uh, we got a similar question. I wish someone in high school or college could have taught basic financial management, like how does credit work and compound interest on credit cards, that kind of education could prevent people from getting into debt. Uh, also the process of buying or renting a house, things like mm. down payment, interest yeah. rate, monthly payment, whether you should rent or buy, things like condo fees and the cost of home ownership. No one told me how much it was to maintain my appliances. It would have been nice to know, especially <laughs> in my twenties. Yeah. So that's yeah. excellent. And that is certainly not the first time I've heard any of, of that you know, brought up as a, man, I wish I knew this. I wish I knew this sooner. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's true. I don't know. What's your, I obviously have feelings about this, but what's your, what's your take on this? I know you have a take on this. Of course. You know, obviously I think one big piece of this is how you talk about money in the household and also how you view money being managed in your household. And so what you see your parents doing, and of course, more of us are growing up in single parent households or households where you sure. have divorced parents. And so you may not even see conversations. You may just see the stress and be exposed yeah. to the, to the burden. And I know for me growing up, I just saw money was a constant topic. There was never enough. How do we get more the lights are being turned off. There's not enough money for food. Like money was a total scarcity conversation in my household. There was no real understanding of how do you get it? How do you manage it? We didn't have allowances. There was like maybe a two week period where we got an allowance, like a couple dollars. And then that ended very quickly. So there was just no system to understand that. And so I think some of that does belong to the household and however you're being raised. But I do think in terms of curriculum, more of that life management. I was a high school teacher for, for a short period and I taught math. And I remember I was teaching math and my students said, when am I ever gonna use this? And so <laughs> I actually went and I pulled up one of my, maybe this is taboo, but I pulled up my credit card statement yeah. and, I, and, I, and I showed the kids my credit card statement. And I said, do you see this? There's, there's interest. Yeah. on this credit card. And there's things that I purchased and I explained what compound interest was and how much it cost to buy. They're like, that's cool. You can just put it on this card. That's awesome. You don't have to pay for it. I was like, no, 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 you pay for it. And in fact, I got these credit cards in college. I did not understand how long it was going to take to pay off yeah. and how much money I was going to have to make and how to budget it. And so now, and this was back when I was like 24 years old, I, and I said, now I'm in a situation where I'm in debt, a lot of debt that yeah. I'm trying to pay off. And my debt is as much as my income. Right. And I've got to do something pretty intense. Drastic, yeah. And I did, I ended up, I ended up doing some pretty drastic things to pay off my debt, which took right. years, but you know, I, I had to learn the hard way. So yeah. I think, you know, when it comes to this, the more that you take those kinds of classes that you do have in 
and integrate life skills in them, I think it could really, really help. So I recall, you know, entering college and a lot of my friends, a lot of my girlfriends had credit cards and, you know, they were always shopping. They were always buying clothes, new shoes, whatever the big thing was that they had to have to go out. And I had a credit card. My parents, it was in my name. They, they managed it. They said, we're getting you this credit card. This is just for emergencies. You're supposed to use this to fill up gas in your car, you know, and uh, just, just in case you're, you're in an emergency situation, you can put your like school books on it. That's it. But you have to pay off the full balance every month. Right. You know, and the way I looked at it, like I didn't have a job that first, I didn't really, I mean, I was working in, in college the first year, but I wasn't making enough money to really like pull my weight around. So I didn't spend anything. Like I remember it was a big deal to like, just get breakfast at Chick-fil-A a couple times Oh yeah. A couple times a week at the student union. That was a big deal. Cause mm-hmm. again, like I barely had an income, but I would watch people throw money around. And I remember thinking like, well, what's the big deal? Everybody else is doing this. And over time <laughs> you would see the impact yeah. of that. And like, look, I think we all know I was a super goody two shoes because I was living at home and I was still being highly micromanaged by my parents. And most of it was because my dad used to always tell us, I don't want you guys to make the same mistakes that your mother and I made when we were young. You know, they got into a lot of debt. They spent a lot of money on credit cards and all of that stuff, you know, early in the eighties. And then they had to figure it out and make some really drastic changes to, to pay it off. So we, we learned early on, okay, you never want to spend more than you have. So we did get some very basic education in the household, but really I learned by doing. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the most empowering things you can do is manage a bank account. You know, do you remember back in the day you'd actually have like the, this is before everything was internet banking, obviously, like (laughs) you actually had a checkbook that you'd have to balance the deposits and the credits. Right. And that is how I learned. I learned by having to balance this, this bank account. And, you know, you'd know, like if you overdrafted, you would get you'd have these crazy fees you'd have to pay. Mm -hmm. They never taught us this in school. First time I actually got a formal financial education in terms of life skills was like two years ago through my job. They had a seminar, like a three-day seminar where they pulled in professionals who gave like a financial wellness, like intensive. And You learned learned a lot at that. Oh, it changed my life. It changed my life. I was able to make things happen that I wouldn't have been able to make happen. And if I had known that information when I was 17 or even 16, I could have set myself up for way more success. Mm -hmm. 
But something, something as simple as understanding compound interest, even the way they structure word problems, it was always like, if a train is coming, like, really, dude, <laughs> really, come on now. Everyone's Ubering. Let's just, but that's, but that's a great point because I mean, I just had to travel and, you know, I've noticed that the Uber rates, they were, yeah. they were much higher. And so, you know, it made way more sense to take a taxi, which, you know, yeah. for a while it was like Uber was way cheaper than taxi. And now it's like a lot of people, but I, then I see all these people Ubering and then there's a line of taxis and it's yeah. like probably at least half the cost to yeah. take the taxi. So, but being able to make decisions like that, because you understand the financial ramifications, right. is so important. So I'll, I'll give you a really great example. This is just something we had to deal with last week. We decided, again, this is a big sign of adulthood, right? We decided to get a Costco membership. What? I know. I so know. Grown up. Huge, right? Huge. And Andy had a defunct uh, Costco membership. Like, I think there was only a couple months left on, on his. So we were going to add me to his, you know, and you have to pick the kind of membership, right? There's one membership fee that I think is like $60. And then there's another membership fee that's 120. The 121 offers certain perks, but of course it's, it's more expensive. So we did a cost analysis on the break-even point. <laughs> and actually, like, there are websites out there that do this for you. And I think I found a website that actually explained it is only worth it for you to pay for the higher membership if you are spending this over, amount of money over $200 a month at Costco. If you're only going there once a month and you're spending 150 bucks, it's not going to be cost effective for you to spend 120 for a membership versus $60. So like learning how to make those kinds of decisions Disney membership or Universal Studios, they have different kinds of pass or pass structures. Some include parking, some mm -hmm. don't, some include VIP this, VIP that. If they taught you how to look at these special offers that you get mm -hmm. all the time that are marketed to you, or like the BOGO offer that we often see, or it's like, oh, if you buy, you can buy four for $5 when really all you needed was one. Right. You just needed one, but the offer made it so like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. I took this freaking financial wellness seminar. And now I look at all of these offers like, okay, how are you trying to scam me? This right. obviously isn't for me. This is for you. <laughs> you getting out of this. Right. That's I'll a great point. Step no. off my soapbox from that. Well, part of it is, I think it's also different for everybody because also depending on how you grew up and I know yeah. some of us, there was always the rich friend. Oh, there was yeah. always the friend who, you know, was sort of uh, leeching off of other people. There was always those different kinds of friends depending on how their financial situations were at home. And so you can't just take the template of what somebody else does and apply that to your life. You have to think about your own values yeah, and what makes sense for you. And you know, obviously I learned this from my, my being married, sure. that my approach to saving and my approach to finances was very different than that of the person I was with. And those were conversations we should have had early on. And it wasn't so much about how do you manage money? What's more important is what does money mean to you? Yes. And, um, and, and 
what, like, what does it represent? And then go into the, how do you manage it? How do you, how do you want to have conversations about it? Because for me, money represents energy. It also represents power. And so if you're not clear in your values about that, it's going to be very hard to make decisions such as, should I buy a house or should I rent it? You know, depending on what you really value. Right. Understanding net worth. This is another really big thing. People think that, oh, if I have a million dollar, million dollar house, it's a status thing. But if you calculate out your net worth, you might actually only be worth $30,000 versus the person, you know, who has a considerably smaller house, a paid up car that's 10 years old is worth millions more than you, Mm -hmm. right? So that's another big thing, the, the perception of status and how people wear their status, having the big flashy stuff versus not having the big flashy stuff, mm-hmm. you know, integrity. This is not one of those things that was really a big deal when we were younger, integrity, whatever, that's a concept for old people. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, understanding like, okay, what am I about? Like, how did the decisions I make how do they compound over time to create this image of who I am and what I'm projecting? Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is you have to be so many different versions of yourself to know what's going to mm-hmm. stick. I've been the rich friend. I've been the moochie friend. I've been the friend who didn't have any money. I've been, I've been all those friends, right? That's a well-lived life when you can genuinely relate to multiple different positions. Yeah. You've had all of those perspectives, which is really great. I think, and this gets to one of the one of the pieces of advice that was given to us, which is, let's see, I learned as a child to live within my means. And while I didn't learn much in the way of specifics, that did help to guide my thinking. And yeah. you, t- you talked about that too, that that was a value that was passed on to you about living yeah. within means, which was certainly not something I learned. And so I had to, I had to learn that in a totally different way, but- well- there is a lot to this, this whole financial management piece, right? Everyone learns through either their own mistakes or the mistakes of their family. And in that case, I had the benefit of learning through the mistakes or the choices my, my parents made. So, you know, we didn't necessarily make those same mistakes. We made other ones, right. But, but not those. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, that's a, I think that's such a big one. Mm -hmm. I think another really, really big one is self-sufficiency in a a home, how to maintain Mm. a home, how to fix stuff. What if you don't grow up with like a handy parent, a parent who knows how to fix things, Mm -hmm. right? Or an older sibling who knows how to fix things. I think- you know, my dad was an engineer. I, I always watched him fixing, fixing stuff himself. So I always knew like, no, oh, there's, there's maybe a way for me to fix stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that I never learned how to do. I don't know very much about how to maintain a car, right? Because my dad wasn't ever out there fixing cars. But if I had grown up with like my mom who was changing a tire or 
putting oil in her engine, you know, like changing, changing her oil or something like that. Like a lot of parents do, Mm -hmm. I would have had some kind of fluency in that. I wish I had taken a class on how to Mm -hmm. learn how to like, how to maintain my own car and not get ripped off. Mm. (laughs) It's expensive. Yeah. The car maintenance thing is expensive. You know, that what you were just talking about gets to another question, which we got, which was, I wish I had known what to do in an emergency. Like when there's a flood in your kitchen Mm. or a leak in your ceiling, who do you even call ghostbusters? Yeah. (laughs) You call God is what you call. (laughs) You start praying and you get down on your knees and say, please, God, help me. It's true, though. It's like it's so much is based on like, how lucky are you in your support system? Do you have a support system, whether it's family or close friends or whomever that you can call and say like, oh, my God, I'm in a jam. What do I do? Right. What if you don't have that? How do you figure this out? Yeah, YouTube. YouTube YouTube is everybody's best friend now. But before the internet, what did you do? Mm -hmm. You know, your neighbor, the people who are around you. Exactly. Yeah. Like it would have been awesome to know how to do that stuff myself. Yeah. I definitely got into situations when I was really young, getting into a a minor car accident Mm -hmm. and had had to manage that and dealing with insurance companies and, you know, those kinds of things are even, even simple things. Like it doesn't seem that simple, but knowing when to go to the doctor and get something checked out. Right. But you know, what const, what even constitutes an emergency. And for me, and it's different for everybody. Some people grow up in a family where there's hypochondriacs or people are Johnny on the spot on every little thing. Whereas for me, everything was a mess all the time. Nothing was an emergency because everything was always broken. Nothing was ever working. And, and so, I mean, growing up, it was just like, well, it's not a big deal if this, okay, the dishwasher's broken, leave it for a while. And so I've had to teach myself what is acceptable and what's not acceptable, what I want to get fixed and can leave for, for a beat because I want to save the money to fix it or get, get a nice new one that won't break for a long time. Triaging, like learning how to triage your, your emergencies. Yeah. That's a big, I think a lot of this comes, comes down to like learning how to make decisions, Mm -hmm. right? That is not something I was, ever taught how to do, like how to make a decision. You're told what kinds of decisions, you know, to make, but the process of learning how to think through them and evaluate like what is important. Yeah. How to think like, okay, what's the short-term consequence, the the long-term consequence of this choice, you know, being able to like really plot it out and think it through. That's valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. So, yeah. And it changes to 10 years from now, the way people will be learning how to do this stuff is not going to be necessarily the same way that they're learning how to do it now. Like we have mm-hmm. information at our fingertips if we've got Wi-Fi, but <laughs> you know, what if you don't have Wi-Fi? 
Yeah. And there are a lot of people who don't, you know, this gets to a piece of listener advice, which is adult life is not as exciting as you imagine it will be, which, you know, as a kid, you're thinking, I can't wait till I have a car. I can't wait till I, I can just drive on out of here and not listen to my parents. And then you grow up and you're like, I wish I could live with my parents and save some money. I wish mom could cook for me. Oh my gosh. Do my laundry. <laughs> can I tell you, I recently rewatched all of sex in the city. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I watched it around the time that it was out. Right. And then I, for whatever reason, I was like, I just feel like revisiting this. I want to rewatch everything. So I did. Mm -hmm. I watched all six seasons and both movies. And can I just tell you how much BS is in all of that? Like (laughs) I remember being a young person thinking like, well, being an adult is going to be so glamorous. Do you know what happens if you wear stilettos every freaking day? Your feet break. Pretty much. Yeah. They break. You develop corns. You have all kinds of inflammation. It's not a good situation for your feet. It's not. It's really not, people. Okay. And uh, the amount of money that she spent on shoes. Oh, it's ridiculous. It was disgusting. To rewatch the show. As an adult. I, I felt physically sick at times looking at how irresponsible this 30 something year old character was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. you know, like some of the decisions, dude, this chick needed a mom or someone to like slap her across the face sometimes and be like, what are you doing with your life? Mm -hmm. You know? It's so true. But that's, when we're young, like we watch television, we get this idea of like, what is adulting going to be like? Is it going to be like friends? Well, they were not adults, right? No. That's what made it so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They were, they were misfits. They were misfits. Yeah. And life just doesn't come together that way. You also pay for those mistakes. I mean, yeah. and I'm all about making mistakes that you can learn from and absorb the lessons and apply to your life and help others. But, you know, it was interesting. Some of the the feedback we got from listeners, this one, I mean, kind of threw me for a loop, but it makes a lot of sense. As a young adult, I wish I had known when to stop drinking at work-related events so that I don't embarrass myself. (laughs) When there's free alcohol, how much is too much? Again, I've never had that problem because I don't drink. I made that decision early on in my life. And I'm glad that I made that decision. It turns out from a health related standpoint, that was one yeah. of the smartest things I could have done. It was the right thing. For it you was to the do. right thing, but, yeah. but you don't think about how much it made me remember. A, it was a party. I want to say it was a holiday party from a previous company. And one of our colleagues got super drunk. Yeah. And I mean, I'm telling you, the guy was, he went up on the stage, grabbed the microphone from the band jumped off the stage, tore off part of his shirt. And this was definitely not a company culture where that was even remotely acceptable. Like being any kind of yourself was not acceptable. And so it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed for him. Everybody was uncomfortable. So yeah, there's, there's this concept of, and just like you were talking about earlier, nothing's really free. I think if you kind mm. of understand that nothing's really free, there's a cost to everything. Yeah. And that can be applied to this situation. It's just like your BOGO example. It's a law of economics. Like if you really understand economics, you should be able to survive life okay. Because you'll understand that there's economic value to every decision you make. Mm-hmm. This example is pretty 
pretty relatable for me. I think the biggest thing I learned in work situations is if you don't have someone that you consider like a close friend in your work situation, I wouldn't get more than tipsy. Mm -hmm. because you need to know that you've got someone there who's got your back, right. who, who can like either help you rain, rain it in or keep an eye on you. Mm-hmm. You also really need to know what kind of a drunk you are. Right. <laughs> and I'm just being honest. It's true. There are different types. And this is a big thing that, you know, I learned, I learned the hard way, but you have to know the way you're drunk in one setting is not going to be the same way you're drunk in another setting. There's a whole series of psychological changes that take place when you are dealing with different variables, whether they're variables in your surroundings or people or type of liquor. So you almost need to set up a really controlled environment to understand what you are like uh, and if you are going to drink what you're like on base level. So you should know that about yourself before you choose to drink in a pseudo professional setting. I mean, I drank at home. Like I would get tipsy in the house before I would go out anywhere because I wanted to know like, okay, how am I going to feel physically in my body? Like I'm a little anemic. So am I going to like be a fall down drunk? <laughs> am I going to be able to stand up straight? Stuff like that. People think they're funny when they're drunk and they can be really mean and create really bad situations. Mm -hmm. Then you have that friend who's the flasher, right? Who thinks it's really (laughs) great to show everyone their boobs. And we all know that person. And it's like, look, man, rein it in. This is a Mardi Gras. (laughs) Or maybe it is. And then, you know, have have yourself a Merry Christmas. (laughs) Uh, This question I really liked, or it was more of a comment slash question, but it's really about friendships as an adult. And the comment was friendships as an adult are like a game of calendar Tetris. Tetris. No one said it would be like this. Um, And it's so true. It's like, how do you just the process of maintaining friendships as an adult? I mean, obviously when you're kids, you're all like showing up proximity. Yeah. You're at lunch at the same time. You're, you grow up in the same neighborhood. There's all of these sort of, you go to the the YMCA or you're on a a baseball team, whatever you, you have these common areas where, you know, you're going to meet and see each other. And then in life, except for your work colleagues who, you know, you'll see. And that's, it's not like that. You have to actually create the opportunity to even get on the phone. Yeah. It's so hard. We've all lived through different eras as friends, you know, like as in the process of being a friend, right? There's the time when you were like super accessible and you were only hung out with like your niche group and like you traveled as a herd through <laughs> through all of the social events and everything, right? That was for me, that was college and maybe my early 20s you know, then you like go through changes where you like maybe hop to different groups of friends. Maybe you hang out more with work people. Mm -hmm. Then you don't see the friends that you used to see on a regular basis. And you say the thing where it's like, oh my God, I miss you. We have to hang out. We have to hang out. And then say an opportunity comes up and then you've committed, but you don't want to go because 
you're tired or and whatever. You, and you just want to eat snacks on the couch. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. a real thing. Then, you know, the fear of being flaky. Mm-hmm. So I have found, and I've learned this the hard way. I have to really know myself well. I have to know like, am I better making decisions impulsively or am I better planning things out? And I've learned, I don't like making long-term social commitments. I don't like committing to something that's weeks ahead. I'm way better if I text a friend and I'm like, hey, any chance you're free for dinner? Mm -hmm. I feel like going out to have dinner. Are you free? And then if it works out, awesome. If it doesn't, oh, well, I'll find someone else. That is something I've learned about myself because I don't know, like I could love someone to pieces and then I, it's, it's Wednesday and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see you on Friday. And then Friday shows up and I'm like, oh my God, I just want to take a nap so bad. Like I feel bloated. I don't want to look pretty. She's going to see me and she'd be like, oh my God, she really let herself go. And I looked so cute on Wednesday when I made those plans. Like I was having a good hair day and I don't know what's happening to my hair now. Like these are real problems, people. This is adulting. You're not going to be cute every day, Monday through Sunday. You're going to feel different every day. You're going to feel different throughout the day. And, and even what you're talking about, I think it's also important to know with certain friends. I mean, some people might be totally offended. Like, how dare she reach out to me last minute and invite me to dinner? Doesn't she know? Doesn't she think I have better things to do? Like I have a (laughs) schedule. I have a schedule, a schedule. Have your people call my people. Totally. And I have had friends call me out on it. People (laughs) I love who have said, Hey, you've canceled on me a few times now. What's the deal? Do you, are you just not into like being friends? Like, do you just not? And it's kind of like, oh crap. I really need to explain myself Mm -hmm. here because not everyone's like me. I'm super easy breezy because I get it, right? I'm super moody. So if someone wants to do something one day and then all of a sudden they're not into it, I don't want to hang out with someone if they don't want to hang out with me. Go take care of you. Right. But not everyone is like this. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten really, really real about it. And I've told people like, look, here's the situation. Like, I know it's going to come across that I'm flaky and it's, it's not that I'm very moody and I struggle with keeping commitments when I feel that way. Like if mm-hmm. I feel that way, if I feel like I don't want to leave the house, I don't want to make myself do something because mm-hmm. I feel like it's betraying me. And if I have to betray anyone, I'd rather be someone else yeah. than myself. And that is not something I was willing to do for a very long time until, you know, some things went wrong in my body and in me and some things broke in me. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm living this life of convenience for everyone else, but me, like mm. I'm done with it. Yeah. So you really have to know yourself and you really have to be very clear about what your expectations are. And that's one of those things that I did not know about adulthood. You know, in the beginning, it was like, oh, it's all fun. Everyone hangs out. Everyone gets to know each other. Mm -hmm. But then that expectation piece, like really being clear about how you communicate, what your expectations are of relationships of friendships. 
like friendship dynamics change well, because you change and other people yeah, you are you change and they don't change yes that's a and, big one and that's a problem yeah you know and i remember my parents talking to me about a lot of this stuff when i would have issues with friends and they would say things like you know i think this person is is holding you back and i'd be so offended i'd be like she's my best friend. How could you say that? We're going (laughs) to die together and sleep in the same grave. You know, like, (laughs) you know, now I'm like, yeah, they had the distance from it. Right. So they were able to see Mm -hmm. like, okay, Amy is going in this direction with her life. She's making these choices. And this friend is making this, these choices and then they're not headed down the same path. Right. You know, (laughs) learning how to listen even if you don't like what's being told to you, mm-hmm. learning how to listen is another really big adulting thing. Yeah, to constructive feedback, especially from people who who love you and who may not know how to deliver constructive feedback in a way. Oh that, hell no, they don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that really works for you. Uh, no, they you don't know. know how to do that. Yeah, no, exactly. they don't know. <laughs> Just going back to one of the things you said earlier about making decisions, because I do feel like there's that current of making decisions in a lot of these questions that we're getting. And honestly, we got so many good things. We're going to break this up into two episodes because it's so darn good. Uh, We'll have to talk again about, we're going to go, this is adulting 101. We're going to have an adulting (laughs) 201 Uh, (laughs) when when you graduate. Can't stop, won't stop. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But the decision piece, I just wanted to kind of close on this is that I think knowing how you make decisions, you talked a little bit about being impulsive versus Mm -hmm. planning and some of this. I have learned, it took me being married and getting divorced to actually realize that it's really important that you have a compatibility with, if you have a partner that they understand, they don't have to make decisions the same way, but they need to respect the way that you need to go about making decisions as well as you need to respect their own so yeah. that you can support each other through that process. Because whether you're buying a house, renting a house, deciding to open a new credit card, um, and yeah. any of these things, and you're deciding to share a life with another person, all of this adulting stuff is going to come up again because you get to figure out how to unpack your baggage and help them unpack theirs and go, how do you do this? How do you do that? And then you have to have a conversation. So I think the decision piece of knowing this is what I need in order to make a decision. And I figured out for myself, Yeah, I don't make impulsive decisions. I don't like being called out on the spot. Yeah, I need time to process things so that in my head, it's that you talked about the cost analysis. It's a whole com- like analysis. <laughs> it's a matrix. There's there. a matrix happening in my head yeah. when decisions are getting made. And I'm considering everything from advice from friends to friends' stories, to articles I've read, to my own experience. There's yeah. a lot of processing that's going on. And then I have to think about it before I feel it. I don't feel yeah. it first. Yeah which is kind of counterintuitive because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an empath, but I have learned I have to short circuit that because if I don't do that, then I don't have good boundaries, mm. which we'll get into in the next episode. But I think that's really important is thinking about how do I make decisions naturally and how do I communicate that to my partner or to people in my life so that they can respect that and also understanding the way other people make them. I think that's so 
so valid. That's so important to know. And it really speaks to another piece, which maybe we'll talk about more next time. You really have to take the time to get to know yourself. I mean, adults spend decades figuring that out. It's a whole birthing process. To know how someone else should relate to you, you really have to get real with yourself and know like, okay, how do I work? Where's my standard operating procedure guide? Do you remember when you were back in college and I said, I said, Amy, you need to write a manual. (laughs) Yeah, he just snorted. I said, I said, you need to write a manual for me and I will write a manual for you. Yes. For the person who we will be with someday. You remember that? The dating guide. Yeah. Because I I still remember like you would date these guys and they would, because like, I'm sorry, they were so dumb. They were so (laughs) dumb. They would just like not understand these very basic, simple things. And I'd be like, okay, listen, let me just explain it to you. This is what (laughs) she needs. And this is what you're doing wrong. Right. And I remember you at one point were like, just write a guide. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a guide on how to date Sultana. It's funny how our friends can sometimes, (laughs) they can sometimes help interpret things for the people in our lives that that are just not coming across. It's that distance piece, right? I remember my parents once having a very frank conversation about the type of person they thought I needed to be with. Oh boy. And they pulled all of these qualities that I had never thought of. It's just, it's so interesting how different people perceive you and the people who are closest to you, they Mm -hmm. see all, all the crap, right? (laughs) They see all the crap. So, you know, which brings us right back to your definition of adulting (laughs) crap, crap, it's crap, it's crap. Uh, and we will end on that as well as thank you to our listener who shared with us this advice on adulting, which is, which is you never really have it figured out. And that's true. No, no, you don't, but it's fun to talk about. 